Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome. This is Dietitian Kate, and you are listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we simplify the confusing and complex world of nutrition to help you reach your greatest potential. At Nutrition Awareness, our registered dietitians believe in fueling your body, not restricting it, so you can accomplish your goals, optimize your results, and live your healthiest life without dieting. Whether you're starting a weight loss journey in the midst of a physical transformation or simply want to enhance your life with a nutritious diet, stay tuned as you will find value in today's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. We are live. Thank you for tuning in today, no matter where you're tuning in from, whether you are at the gym, in the car, getting ready for work, laying on the couch, just chilling, doesn't matter. I'm just glad you're here. It makes me so excited that you are listening to the show. If you are a new listener, my name is Dietitian Kate, and well, you you know, that's not my real name. That's just what I go by. I'm Dietitian Kate because... Shocker, I'm a dietitian. <laughs> and I love to talk to people about nutrition, food, wellness. It's literally my job, it's what I do for a living, and as you can see, it's something I do for a hobby too. I'm literally obsessed with food and answering your biggest questions about nutrition. And that's one of the main reasons I started this podcast. The, the other reason is, well, I'm horrible at writing. <laughs> okay, I'm not horrible at writing. I'm not very good at grammar. I have so many typos in all of my Instagram posts. So if you ever are following me at Dietitian Kate, forgive my typos. Just send me a private DM and say, hey, Kate, you misspelled like four words in your last post. You might want to uh, go and check that. I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> so I figured if I can't write, why not just talk? I mean, I've been doing that for almost 25 years. So why not give it a go? And, you know, the real big reason that I started the podcast, because those are little reasons. I mean, they matter, but they're not the biggest reason. The biggest reason is, well, I want to inform and educate people about nutrition without any of that fluff. You know, the fluff we see on social media. I'm really sick of the internet flooding everybody with pseudoscience about what to eat, how to eat, when to eat. It's all very conflicting. Somebody tells you to eat one way, and then somebody tells you to eat the complete opposite way, and then you hear these headlines on the news saying to eat a totally different way. It's really frustrating for people, and a lot of times these claims are made off of research that isn't entirely backed or invalid, or things that haven't been proven. So my goal is to really share with people actual nutrition information and talk to fitness and nutrition experts to help get that info out into the world for you. I'm also frustrated with social media because they leave people feeling really frustrated, confused, and bad about themselves. I mean, we've, we hear it all the time, right? Social media, we see these people, they make us have these unrealistic expectations of how we're supposed to look. Well, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, we never know if they're photoshopped. We never know if these people have just really great genetics. It could be a, a multitude of things. My real beef is when people are posing with some 
pill or supplement that they probably don't even take and then in the caption of their Instagram or post it says hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, and they make you feel like you need to be taking this certain product to get results. When really we don't know what that person is doing behind the scenes, we don't know exactly what they're eating, how they're working out, or if they're even taking that product at all. So I just don't want people to be victim to these monetizations that are happening all over the internet. Is that a word? Monetizations? Remember when I said I should talk instead of write? At least when I write, there is some kind of spell check. <laughs> so who knows if monetization is actually a word? I don't want people to capitalize on people wanting to lose weight in a matter that is unethical. Right, so posting things that they may not even use just to make an extra buck to scare you into thinking the only way you can look like them is if you drink or eat or take whatever they're holding while they're standing half naked on the beach. So that's my rant about that. That's that's my big mission to let's let's take that out of the equation and focus on real results from real people. Make it as individualized as possible, but through the podcast we will do general information. So if you are new to the podcast, we also do a few segments on the show before we get into the topic. Today's topic is amazing. I interviewed Savannah Stanley. She is seriously a firecracker. I mean, a firecracker with legs. She's got so much energy, so much spirit. Talking to her, it just always makes me feel so uplifted. And you will see when we talk about her experiences with bodybuilding and extreme dieting and calorie restriction intense exercise. I mean, man, she's just put in some work and she really opens up about what actually goes on while you prepare for a bodybuilding or bikini competition. Kind of those unspoken things that people aren't posting about on Instagram. You know, speaking of that, people aren't sharing the hardships, they're just sharing the highs. So she really talks about, she's really transparent about what she went through. So before we get into the interview, I wanted to do the review rendezvous. And this is where we read reviews from either the podcast or from our company's website. So our company is Nutrition Awareness. We are two dietitians that work one-on-one with clients. We do do virtual consults. So if you are listening from somewhere that is not Central Florida, you can email us at info at orlandodietitian.com and talk about booking an appointment. So these are some reviews from our Facebook page. I'll read the first one from Amanda S., After only having my consultation with Megan, I can already say I adore her. I felt comfortable instantly. She was so thorough in her questions and took lots of notes to make this experience about me. I have tried all the cookie cutter fad diets without success. I couldn't be more confident in choosing Megan to help me with this journey. Thank you, Amanda, for that really nice review. And it's so true. Those cookie cutter diets, they never help. They just leave you feeling confused and you have to start over at ground zero, you know, once you throw in the towel because they're not manageable. They're not sustainable. What an awesome review. And I'll read a second one from Caitlin W. also on our Facebook page. I worked with Kate on my nutrition goals. She is fantastic. She quickly picked up on my lifestyle and eating habits and helped alter them. Altering my daily eating habits has made me more aware of the nutritional value food can give you and gave me more energy. Would definitely recommend. And that's so great to hear, Caitlin. You're one of my favorite clients because you really put in the work and saw how you were so intuitive and really saw how eating healthy changed your life from, from tenfold. So that's great. 
If you guys want to be featured on Review Rendezvous, you can leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening from. I usually just look at the Apple one because that's how I use it, but you can leave a review wherever you want. We'll take it. (laughs) Or if you have worked with us in the past, you can leave a review on Google, Yelp, Facebook, and you might get a little shout out here on the podcast. Hey, who doesn't love a good shout out? All right, and then I also wanted to introduce another segment that we did last week. This is the Frequently Asked Question. It's not the most creative name, but at least it's clear it's where we answer a frequently asked question. And I feel like this question I've gotten quite a bit lately. I'm kind of surprised by it, but I figured, hey, if people are asking, I should give them the answers, right? And that question is, how much water should I drink per day? And so we could go into a really complex answer here, you know, oh, every meal per calorie you're eating, plus this, if you're drinking coffee and you're in diuretics, and if you're exercising, drink this much more. But that gets really confusing, and anybody who is tracking their water to the mill every single day might be a little bit OCD. I wouldn't recommend that. That might just make you feel like you're doing something wrong if you don't quite hit that number. What I would recommend to anybody who wants to make sure they're drinking enough is to start by drinking at least 32 ounces of water before lunch and 32 ounces after lunch. If you're exercising, make sure you're drinking throughout your workout. And again, that's where it gets really individualized where you think, okay, what kind of workouts are you doing? Are you doing them outside? How much do you sweat? And then also considering what you're doing throughout the day. If you're outside and sunny, if you're in a climate that's really hot, or if you don't really move very much at all. Also, you'll want to consider if you're drinking diuretics. So if you're drinking something like coffee, you'll need a little bit of extra water throughout the day just to make sure what you're flushing out is getting replaced. So when you are going to the bathroom, as gruesome as this might sound, oh, maybe not gruesome, that's not the right word, as um, uncomfortable as this is for some people to think about, when you go to the bathroom, check your urine. If it is bright yellow, you are dehydrated and you need to chug some water stat. But if it's like the pale color of a yellow post-it note, you're in good shape. Or if it's clear, that means you are hydrated. So you can kind of use your body's cues to let you know if you are hydrated. Of course, if you feel thirsty, that's also a sign that you are dehydrated. However, if you're in the midst of a workout or a busy day, sometimes it's hard to recognize those cues. So drinking 32 ounces before and after is always beneficial. All right, and that's FAQ. If you have a question specifically that you want us to answer on the segment or address in an entire podcast, feel free to email me. It's kait at orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. All right, without further ado, let's listen to this interview with Savannah. You are going to love it. Podcast. Hey, Savannah, how's it going? Hello, Kay. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to talk with you today. Oh my God. I am so excited that you agreed to be on the podcast. So for those of you guys who don't know, me and Savannah became friends in college. We're actually sorority sisters. So dove love. (laughs) Sigma cap is out there. And Savannah and I became friends because we both really liked fitness in college. Now I'll admit Savannah is way more into fitness. So that's why I wanted to have her on the show because she's basically an expert. Can you kind of share with listeners your expertise in fitness and kind of your history with that? Yes, actually, Kate and I both began our fitness journeys in college around the same time. I was a sophomore in college and I had realized that I had gained the freshman 25. So, you know, more than the normal freshman 15. I was living in the sorority house. I did a lot of cardio and ate all of the high, high carb meals that were incredible 
that the sorority house had. You know those. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember so those good. Those frying up everything. Everything was fried or pizza, uh, pasta. Great memories. So I ate good <laughs> in a freshman year and sophomore year. And then I came back from winter break my sophomore year. My grandpa had just passed away and I got home to college and I was in a little slump, just depressed with my body, with life. And then I realized that I honestly had all the control right there. And I just did my own research. I, you know, was on Instagram like everyone else. I learned what a carb was, that all the foods I was was eating at the sorority house was basically a carb. Um, And then I just, my experience and expertise kind of grew from there. I started Stanley Fitness around that time. So it's been about four or five years now. Um, And then my fitness journey and my experience in the gym and with nutrition has just escalated and has become such a big part of my life. Um, I now manage, I'm the regional manager of F45 Studios, which is a high intensity um, and strength based workout that is growing within the United States. So I'm loving that. I'm I've been I'm a, been a personal trainer for almost a year now and group training for two years. So my um, love for fitness and just this whole lifestyle has has escalated. And in that experience is when I did a bodybuilding competition. I just finished up. Um, I guess I was in August almost a year ago. So that experience taught me a lot as well. And yeah, just loving the progress and loving this fitness journey because it's always a journey. It doesn't really stop. Oh, for sure. And I feel like every time I talk to you, you're doing something so cool and new with fitness. You know, the first time I talk to you, you're getting certified. And remind me, what certification do you have in personal training? Um, NASM. Okay. So for listeners who don't know, that's like the best of the best. I mean, that's a legit certification. So she didn't just go online and take like a little test that she found for 50 bucks. Like that is a hardcore test. So Mm -hmm. one minute you're, you're becoming a certified personal trainer. You also taught fitness classes in college. So that, I remember that because we both did that together. And then you got a job in Naples, Florida. You're teaching legit hardcore classes and then you're doing a bodybuilding competition which I know you and I talked during your process and I really want to hit on that experience a little bit so you said you did it in August right and can you kind of can you kind of explain I didn't mean to interrupt you I'm sorry can you kind of explain to listeners what a body bodybuilding competition is and what kind you did yes so I did an NPC bodybuilding competition which is There's many organizations uh, within the bodybuilding industry and NPC is more of the most more um, competitive and more known organization. So I happened to do that show because it was local. It was here in Naples and I had known a few other competitors that were were, that were competing. And I just I thought it was perfect timing. I had the summer um, to prep. I had no plans. And I learned throughout that prep that when you're on prep, you really do not have any time or energy to do anything. And Mm. which was interesting when I went through it, but I'm thankful that I didn't have any big plans, you know, vacations or, um, you know, friends coming to visit because when you're on such low calories and you're on such a restricted way of eating and high training volume that you're tired, you Um, You find food guilt when you're out with friends drinking or eating. You become very self-selfish. It is a very selfish sport. And I learned that very quickly 
Uh, I'm thankful that my boyfriend stuck with me through the entire 12 weeks. He was my coach for the first, um, I guess, eight weeks. He helped me, you know, lower my, my macros. We did, we did flexible dieting. We did uh, macros the first eight weeks. And I loved that because I was able to have a mix of all the foods I wanted. I kept dairy. I kept my protein powder. Um, I had, you know, that more flexible approach. And then at the end, it just, it got real. And that's when I reached out to you, Kate, when I was getting a little scared. Yeah, I remember that. I remember being scared for you. So let's kind of, let's backtrack there. So when you were training for this bikini competition and, and you guys call it when you're on prep, you said, I thankfully did not have anything big going on in my life because it's a selfish sport. So kind of expand on that. Like, what does that mean per se? Yes. And I'm absolutely not bashing anybody that loves competing. I loved it. I, looking back, I really, I grew so much during those 12 weeks. Um, I have such a love for the bodybuilding training mentality, those splits, and I'll always love my experiences up on stage, but the prep to get on a bodybuilding stage is a lot more than many people realize. And I say that because this is an extreme sport. You have to go all in or all out if you want a place and want to do well and look like you deserve to be up on that stage. That's the end goal. Why would you spend so much money and so much of your time and effort and not want to be the best? I just don't believe in not doing anything with your full heart, right? Oh, yeah. And so basically my days were being up at 5 a.m. I would get my fasted cardio in and that lasted for all, no, for I guess the last eight weeks. Okay. And the, When you were doing cardio... How long were you doing it for? Like you fasted, so you had nothing in your stomach. You got up early. How long and what were you doing? I, I did start with the, I guess, um, eight weeks out, I started with HIT, So that's high intensity interval training. And I would do little circuits of about 20 minutes. So I would do burpees to jump squats to um, push-ups, things like that to keep my heart rate up. And then as we progressed, we realized that I needed to hit on the body parts that I needed to lean out more so than overall. So we noticed that my legs, which I hold all my, my weight, which I love my big booty, but that was a harder part of my body to cut. So then we stuck to only incline walking on the Stairmaster because if I were doing my fasted cardio on the stairs, I was building my muscles on the Stairmaster and we wanted to cut that extra fat on my legs. So that's why we did incline walking. It was a very science-based approach um, and it, it worked. So I was up to an hour, an hour and a half incline walking on the Stairmaster. Um, and the timings just kind of depended, you know, throughout the 12 weeks, you just, you added cardio and cut food while you're progressing. And again, I, I didn't have a structured coach for those first eight weeks. It was just Bruce and I, my boyfriend, and we learned all that we could from our friends. And then the last four weeks, I did work with a coach that really dialed in my nutrition and got me to where I needed to be. Now, was this coach, he was a guy that was doing bodybuilding competitions himself, right? Yes. And he was coaching uh, multiple people in the Naples area. So I had him in person. I was able to meet with him and he was... Um, you know, checking in on me every week or so. And then when we got closer to the show, I was seeing him every other day to make sure that I was in line to where I needed to be show day. Wow. So, I mean, you were doing a ton of activity because 
I mean, for listeners who don't know, you were doing those cardio workouts for, it sounds like almost the entirety of prep. And then they got longer as time went on, but then you were also weightlifting and you are mm-hmm. a certified personal trainer as a job. So it's not like you're sitting at a desk. No. Yes. And I was working full time, 40 plus hours during the entire summer during the prep. So it was a lot. Girl, you just never stop moving. <laughs> are you the energizer, energizer buzzy? I can't speak. Are you the energizer bunny? Because yes, that basically. Takes a lot of energy. <laughs> and you know, it was funny. I at the end of the prep, and of course, I documented all of this through Instagram, and it was so fun having people follow along on my journey. And then um, I remember I had a, a few DMs, you know, direct messages on Instagram, of people asking oh, so what are you taking to look like this? What's your fat burner? What's your this and that? And I had taken nothing all through those 12 weeks. It was literally just a caloric deficit and volume-based training, uh, less volume-based when we were moving on. But I just remember that so many people think that there's just this one you know, supplement or one way to cut weight. And there's just not. It is consistency. It's being educated on what you're doing. It's pushing hard day in and day out, even if you make a little mistake on your nutrition or your training. And that was a big part for me because here I am busting my ass, excuse the language. And then I had people, you know, questioning if I, if I just used one supplement to make it happen. And it's not, it's a, it's a big transition in your life. You have to really be on it every day, just like any other journey. Yeah. And it blows my mind too, because you look at the supplement industry and you're like, how is this industry growing and growing and growing and getting so big? And why, when I walk in the grocery store now, the first thing I see is not fruits and vegetables, it's fat burners, it's, you know, supplement Mm -hmm. foods and vitamins and pills. And people are just looking for that quick fix. And you're right. There is no quick fix, no matter what your goal is. I mean, you don't just wake up a millionaire. You don't wake up with a six pack, but you know, you, you were saying, you were at a very low caloric deficit and doing high intensity workouts. And that's why you didn't want to be doing anything social because you really couldn't, you couldn't get away with going out to eat and drinking and you probably didn't have the time because you're on the treadmill all the time. Can you kind of share with listeners, not only the mental things that you had to deal with the mental stress of it all, but kind of go into those physiological changes that you started to notice and that you and I talked about, when you were getting towards the end of the prep and closer to the show. Yes. And I know I've shared a few of these stories with you and it's, I'm excited to share these on the podcast as well, but something that was interesting at the end of prep, when I was at a very lean body fat, um, I was getting to the end. I was experiencing exactly physiological changes. My hands, my fingertips were cold Um, I was not able to fall asleep in bed until my boyfriend came into bed to warm me up because my whole body was cold. My um, functions inside were just not working. I was getting extremely moody, but I had no idea because I was, again, so focused on me, so focused on my next meal, so focused on, um, you know, making sure that everything's in place for the show. Yeah, you and that's crazy. So guys, she lives in South Florida. This is July, August, and her boyfriend is warming up the bed for her. You were that cold. That is like the hottest place to be in America and you're cold. Yes. <laughs> and even in the summer here, even if you have your air conditioning on blast in the summer, your house will just not get cold. It's just too freaking hot. 
<laughs> it's unfortunate. And so you were cold, you were moody, you were tired. Now, let's kind of backtrack there. So when people start to notice these symptoms, that's a sign that um, something's not right. Your body is preserving energy. So I know we talk about this a lot. You know, you didn't have the calories. Your body didn't have the energy to warm you up, to keep you it was using all the energy it had to keep you alive. And the way it would preserve energy was by not expending heat to your extremities, like your hands and your feet. And of course you're going to be moody because you were eating so low calorie. What remind everybody, you know, what kind of foods were you eating towards the end of that prep when those symptoms came up? What was your diet? Like it was very, very, very extreme. (laughs) So it's interesting when I would chat with other competitors or people who have done it in the past Everyone has their own way of doing things. And for me, I'm a very much, uh, I'm a people pleaser. So if somebody says, I suggest that you cut out all dairy, I'll take that to heart and say, oh, wow, I'll do exactly what you tell me to do. But then later on in prep, I had to just realize that what works for me will work for me. And I don't care if anyone else does that same thing. You just really had to pick your battles because I was getting to the end and everyone said, low, low fats, no dairy at all, no um, protein powders, no this, no that, no extra caffeine. And mind you, I wasn't drinking really any caffeine because I thought you couldn't drink caffeine. But again, it's your body. Your body is so unique to what you do to it. And Mm. looking back on the experience, I really wish I would have kept dairy in my system because as you know, we do have those prebiotics in the dairy. Um, probiotics Mm -hmm. in dairy. So that could have easily helped my gut and everything that I was messing up with my microbiome. I probably should have kept my protein powder in because I could have gotten those, um, you know, macros for my protein through that instead of eating, literally I had cod and chicken for the last two weeks, which doesn't make anyone feel good. I was, I was already lethargic. (laughs) So, um, you know, the, the full experience of, of how, I, I was just so driven on getting to the end that I, I wish I would have looked at the full, you know, the full um, idea of things and to keep myself just in a happy and stable environment. But I didn't care. My mind was on the stage. I was ready to look at the leanest I possibly could. And it did have some, um, or, or I did have some consequences. So I did have some consequences and those, those experiences messed with me the last few months after the show. Oh yeah. So I actually just pulled up here a, a picture of what you had sent me. So your training routine, that was crazy. Uh, Monday you were doing 15 minute on 45 minute off sprints. So 15 really fast or yeah, 15 minutes sprints, 14 or 45 second rest 10 times, then 20 minutes of walking. And that was just cardio. And then your meals on those days, one for breakfast, meal one, one and a half cups of egg whites and one half cup of oats. So that's, that's it. You're right. There's no fat in there. That's really small, really, really plain. And then meal two, five ounces of cooked chicken, five ounces of potato, meal three, six ounces of tilapia, four ounces of broccoli, four, five ounces of chicken, five ounces of potato, and then meal five, tilapia, broccoli, and five ounces of potato. So that's a lot of cardio, a lot of activity and not hardly any food so you're right you really were just eating lean 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 protein and some very basic starch and you told me about some of the consequences already with the cold hands with the moodiness 
But then you even said, okay, I was focused on being lean. I had a goal to hit. And you are lucky to know that it's not long-term. It was just to hit that goal for that extreme sport. But then the consequences you suffered afterward were, were really, really kind of alarming. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is very important for anybody that is interested in competing to really know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did research before and I knew that it is an extreme sport. These things will happen, but you just hear those things. You don't really think they'll happen kind of with everything in life. You're like, well, that one person experienced it. I don't know if I'll experience it, but you'll experience your own little, um, your own, your own, uh, well, we can cut this out. Um, <laughs> you, you will experience different things that you didn't think you would experience. But now looking back, I know that I knew what I was signing up for. And Mm -hmm. a lot of bikini competitors will tell you that I knew it was going to get low calories. I knew it was going to be very strenuous on my body. And if I would recommend anybody to want to be interested in a show, go ahead and do it. Love every second of it, but know that what you're doing will have consequences unless you do your research to make sure that you're ready for those post-show blues, as they say, to make sure that you're ready to reverse diet efficiently, to know that you will have physiological changes to your brain. Like I, I, at the end of the prep, I would watch the 10,000 calorie challenges on YouTube, which they are fun to watch, but I would literally watch those, watch somebody scarf themselves, you know, over 10,000 calories and I would feel full, but I was obviously not full. I would feel full. I would find pleasure from watching those and then I would be able to fall asleep. I mean, I was getting into some weird, weird shit, but (laughs) um, it was, it was, but that's what made me feel good in order to get to the next day. Um, and, and I think these type of truths should be said because there's just not enough people really tell the full story of what, what a bodybuilding competition really entails because for so long it was just a cool thing to do. Girls were saying, oh, I want to be on stage. It'll be fun. But they didn't really understand that this is an extreme sport. So this is a sport like a marathon or – um, an Ironman, you see those marathon runners fall down after the race and you don't really think, oh my gosh, they gave all their all. Why did they fall down? Because it's normal. But in a bodybuilding competition, you don't see the lows. You don't see all the things that come after the show. All you see is that show day. Um, and I think that's something to be said that you don't know a full athlete's journey because only the good things are highlighted on Instagram. You don't see the lows. You don't see, um, you know, the, the depressions and the, the scary psychological harms that can come. But that's all in the process. And I think it's important that since I have experienced this, that I let people know you need to know the full story before you really put yourself into that situation. You know, I am so proud of you for saying that. I mean, that's amazing. I admire you so much because you're right. People go on Instagram and fit chicks and a lot of them are involved in those bikini competitions and those bodybuilding competitions they don't post the lows they post their lean physiques which they worked hard for they should be proud of and then you take the general population who sees that and feels like that's something that they need to be maintaining all year round and then they feel frustrated when they can't get those results 
but they're not eating that low calorie because it's not sustainable long-term. It's for, you're training for a sport and part of that's that low calorie nutrition. And so the fact that you're coming forward and being like, hey, there are health consequences to this. There are mental, like mental mind fucks to this. It's not sustainable long-term. You got to know what it is. And your average girl should not be walking around looking that lean, as lean as you did on the show day, because the average girl should not be eating literally zero fat (laughs) in their diet. And Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what you had to do. And when you're saying, oh, I would sit there and watch 10,000 calorie challenges on YouTube where women would just eat 10,000 calories in one day and you would find pleasure. You're right. That's not normal. That's not okay. And that's not healthy. So I'm so glad you're not dealing with that anymore. (laughs) That reminds me of an episode of Friends where they had the Christy Alley come on and she was on a diet and she was watching Rachel eat donuts, like paying her to eat donuts. And it's like, that's how you get. Yeah. That's how I believe it. Because when you're hangry and you're on a diet and you're on an extreme long-term diet. Yes. I remember I did a Instagram story. I always did stories to kind of update people on how I was doing. And I looked back on it a couple of weeks ago and I had said in this story, I had said, yeah, things are getting weird. I'm literally daydreaming about pastries. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, I think about that now I daydream about it, but this was a real life daydream of how it would taste, you know, what kind of pastry I would get. Is it warm? Is it flaky? It would get so in depth in my mind that I could almost psychologically feel myself eating it in my brain because I was so hungry. Wow. And, and you know, that you said that was, that's so extreme, <laughs> you know, where you're actually like imagining the flaky texture uh, and whatnot. But I have crazy. people coming all the time that they put themselves on restrictive, unrealistic diets and they're not even training for an event like that. And then they find they have those intense cravings and they cannot say no. Like, like tell everyone that story you had when you were about to babysit. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, this was, I think maybe three or four weeks after the show. And those were tough. Those were some four tough weeks. I was in just a really weird body image place. I always felt bloated. Um, I was binging most days. I just couldn't stop myself. I was so in love with eating. And I, even when I was full, I just had to keep eating because I had been restricted for so long. Mm. And I had a babysitting job. And I literally probably had 10 minutes to spare before I needed to be there when I was driving over. And I go, oh my gosh, what better time but to go get a huge, large, large pizza and eat it myself. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no right? <laughs> right. So I'm driving and I'm like, literally in a, a you know, an angel versus um, devil talk with myself of, no, Savannah, you don't need it. You literally already ate your calories for the day. And then, you know, the devil's like, you need it. And... <laughs> It, he just won. I remember driving straight to the pizza place, ordering it, sitting there, bringing it in my car, parking outside of the um, their house, eating the entire thing, and then walking in like nothing had happened. Wow. And that is wild. But that undeniable, that urge to go eat is your body's way of saying, hey, I'm not getting enough food. It's a physiological drive that is there to keep you alive because your body was realizing it wasn't getting enough energy to survive. So I tell people that all the time, when you have that irresistible urge to eat, think about, are you eating enough during the day? Are you coming home ravenous, wanting to eat everything? Is it because you didn't eat all day? Because that's your body's way of telling you, 
hey, you gotta, I, I gotta keep you alive here. I'm going to want you to eat something and I'm going to make you crave a really quick form, uh, a quick digesting form of energy, which is usually carbohydrate. So that's why when you come home ravenous or if the average Joe comes home ravenous from work, they're not going to go straight for the carrot sticks. They're going to go for the chips and the candy and the popcorn because that's quick energy for your body. And so when you deny your body energy, that's what it craves. And you are experiencing it at, at an extreme level. Oh, extreme. And I probably could have had another pizza after, not because, you know, my stomach was hungry. It was just my mind and that I just needed it. I needed it right then. And there was no time like the present. <laughs> it's so mental. And hey, you know, off off the record here, I'm pretty glad you went and ate that pizza. Yes. You started to suffer. For some, you said you started to have some consequences that you dealt with after the show as a result of that really low calorie diet and that high intensity training. Yeah. And you know what? Those now thinking back to it, those four weeks or so after the show were so emotionally exhausting for me. I didn't know what to do anymore. I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know when to eat. I didn't know what would fuel me, what made me feel better. It was such a weird um, time. And I, I remember I reached out to a few of my friends and I remember I told, I texted my mom one time and it was just within those la- those next four weeks, but I felt so weird. I, it, I was not myself. I mean, I, I remember texting a friend saying like, I'm struggling right now. I don't know why I'm struggling, but like, I just want to let you know, I'm in a bad place right now. And she's like, what the heck? Like, you look so great. You know, you just yeah. finished this great show, you know, to be so happy. And I just had no explanation of why I was so emotional, so annoyed at myself for not sticking to the reverse diet. It was just a lot. It was a lot on me. So I highly suggest making sure that you work with your coach all the way through that reverse diet for at least two months after the show to really have someone be there for you emotionally, but also tell you, hey, I know, you know, you stuck to your diet for a couple of days now, go have that pizza or you know, be gentle with yourself. That was, that's the biggest goal that I would tell everyone is just to be gentle with yourself. You, you know, your body is trying to find a new norm and that norm will come. So I'm here now, let's say, um, nine, nine months, almost maybe eight months after the show. And I have found such a normalized relationship with food. I have completely gone off the body image strain that I was going through. I finally found peace with my myself, with what I'm eating, with literally what fuels me. And it can come. It just took a little bit more time than I thought. And that's what I would tell any person dealing with relationships with food or a strained body image is be gentle with yourself. Know that there can be a balanced Um, relationship and an intuitive eating approach that you can find for yourself it just takes trial and error yeah exactly and for you I mean most of you guys listening don't know Savannah but if you were to read her Instagram page and get to know her personally like I do hearing her say that she hearing you say that you struggled with yourself and you felt lost and you felt so confused and down and moody is shocking because you were always just like a ray of energy you're always so positive And so that's such good advice to let people know you don't have to feel that way with food. You can find that balanced relationship with food that is still healthy, that still keeps you at a healthy weight and gets you towards your goals. 
it just doesn't have to be so extreme that you have this warped relationship with food, especially for someone who's not doing a bodybuilding competition, which is most people, (laughs) most people are not doing what you did. And sometimes they kind of put themselves in that mentality of all or nothing. And it doesn't have to be that way. And it really shouldn't be that way for most days of the year, unless you are training for something under supervision for, for that. So, you know, and another thing I want to bring up is I know you and I talked about this a little bit before is some of the other difficulties you went through with your body afterward, not just the mental aspect that is difficult, but the physiological and hormonal changes you had to endure. Yes. And I know absolutely that I've chatted with you even now more so because things are kind of more, um, things are coming to light even more now after six months after the show, I, obviously at the last couple of weeks, I was so low in fat and for listeners out there, fat is good fats, like avocados, almonds, things like that are so important to women's hormonal regulation. Yes. Kate, say it louder and, for the people. In yes. The back. <laughs> for everyone. So, and obviously Kate can give more of the scientific approach to that, but I'll just say that my understanding of that was I obviously not aware enough, but I am having issues now regulating my hormones. So what that means is I have um, higher testosterone levels than estrogen levels. My periods, I lost my period for multiple months due to the low caloric intake. I had then for the last four months, I had then had irregular periods. So having a period twice a month, sorry for the men that are listening to listening to it, but it's the <laughs> truth. Sorry. Shit happens. Life hey, happens. Apologize. <laughs> no, sorry. no. And so then I just kind of was starting to question. I'm like, okay, this is weird. And, um, and I, I am on birth control, so it shouldn't be like that. And I went into the gynecologist and my blood and I got my blood work done and you know, I'm, I'm low in, in, well, actually, I guess all my blood work came back positive, but there were a lot of issues with, um, with that irregular period and with my hormone levels. And so I thought for a while I had PCOS, like I talked with you about and, um, with which PCOS, I guess means that you do have cysts on your ovaries and you could give more of a explanation of that Kate, but I was worried and I, I talked with Kate as, you know, she's a registered dietitian and I talked with an acupuncturist and tried to look at a more holistic approach to things. And basically my body was just a little off and I don't want it to be off. You know, I want to be so internally healthy because I want to have children one day and I would give back this bodybuilding experience, all of it to mean that I could have children one day. And I'm sure a lot of women can relate with that. Wow. That's so, that's so powerful. You know, I didn't know that part of it and So hear you say that out loud. I I mean, it's amazing that you are already taking steps like right off the bat to get yourself back in check and to start eating like you should, because as females, you're right. We need fat. Men and females need fat to synthesize hormones. That's what hormones are made out of, you know, that and some other things. But that is one of the biggest building blocks. And females, we also are designed to eat good carbohydrates. We need to eat enough because when our body is not getting enough food and it's not getting the building blocks to synthesize these hormones or create them, it shuts down those systems that are not crucial to survival. And the reproductive system is one of those systems. I mean, you don't need to be fertile to live. Your body's going to choose to keep you alive. And if you aren't getting enough energy, well, your body doesn't want you to host a baby anyway. 
you shouldn't be keeping a life inside of you if you can't give yourself enough food. So it's, again, a manner of keeping you alive and protecting a potential fetus. And then once you are eating enough of the right things and you are getting those nutrients in, then you notice that your cycle becomes more normal. Your hormones go back in line because your body can self-regulate. It has the energy to self-regulate. Exactly. And, and obviously, you know, as I said before, we're always learning and, um, and I, I'm always constantly learning new things about training and nutrition. And now hormone regulation is my new big thing. I'm always watching YouTube videos and things like that on it. But at the end of the day, we need to find what is our drive? What is our purpose to working out and eating well? For a long time, it was aesthetic goals. I wanted to have a big booty, small waist, you know, muscular shoulders, whatever it may be. And I'm at a point in my life where those, obviously, yes, I would like those, but my main focus is making sure that my insides are healthy. I'm flowing well. My mood swings are controlled. My periods are controlled. I'm internally so healthy with my digestion, um, my probiotics, my everything in my microbiome, everything, all the inside stuff is healthy because at the end of the day, if you're not healthy, how can you enjoy life? I mean, exactly. you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't feel good to get on your private jet to go over to the Bahamas, <laughs> what's the point? What's the point of having it? Right. Oh, I feel that all the time when I'm about to get on my private jet and I didn't eat enough today before. So. <laughs> you're like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, problems. But no, you're so right. You know, if you feel like shit, then you might be treating your body like shit. And there are so many extremes because there's the extreme of, okay, I eat fast food and I don't exercise. And yeah, then you feel like shit. But then if you're undernourishing yourself and you're overexpending energy, you're working out too often, well, then you're putting your body under really stressful conditions and not giving it a chance to do what it's supposed to do. And as females, we've got humans in general, but females especially, we need to take time to relax. And we need to take time to nourish ourselves and keep our energy levels high through good food and sleep. And, and then, of course, exercising at a healthy level. And what gets really confusing and frustrating for a lot of women is sometimes that level isn't the same as our best friends. So some women can get really lean and not notice different changes in their hormonal cycles. Some women lose 20 pounds, are still considered a normal weight, and they might have issues with hypothalamic amenorrhea or PCOS from hormonal shifts. Everyone's different. It takes a lot of trial and error to figure out what feels right. But those internal cues that you were talking about, those are the biggest signals that our body can give us that, hey, something's not right here. I don't feel right mentally. I'm moody. My cycle's gone. Something's not right. That's when you really need to tap in and say, hey, am I eating enough? Am I not sleeping enough? Am I exercising too much? And really find a way to correct it. Yes. And something that I always preach and that I really, truly try and live by is self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And obviously that comes in relationships and how you present yourself in the world. Are you listening to what you're saying? Things like that. But it also really works well with fitness and your well-being. If you are truly aware of why you're feeling bad, why you're, why you're feeling weak in the gym, why you're moody, why this, why that, and you start questioning those and then actually creating um, an, a plan of action, that's when you're going to get the answers to why your body isn't working well or why this is happening to you in your life. It's all about self-awareness. If you find yourself... And that obviously, you know, works along with body image. Mm. If you find yourself 
with a group of friends and you're talking down about yourself. Oh, I don't want to take a picture. I look fat right now. Oh, don't post that. Oh, this, this, this. I get it. We all feel that. But if you just take a step back, realize that everyone in that group of girls is probably feeling the same thing, but they're aware enough to not talk about it because we're all trying to just get through you know, we're all struggling with something. We're all dealing with our own demons. But as long as you can be self-aware enough to know that you need to only bring out positive energy and empowering others around you, then we all, you know, all as women can get past those issues of body shaming, of dieting extremely for no reason, um, mm. upping your cardio by an hour just because you think it's going to help. You know, all these little things, it all comes down to being self-aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how to fix it holistically and ethically, obviously. Mm. That is so beautifully said. Becoming self-aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, which is the big hard part sometimes. Why do we do the things we do? Did you hear it from an Instagram influencer or did you hear it from a doctor? Think mm. about those. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And really digging deep in your reason why, because, you know, sometimes we'll ask people, well, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? And they'll say, so I look good in a swimsuit. Well, why do you want to look good in a swimsuit? So I feel confident. Well, why don't you feel confident now? Why is that so important for you? And then when you can really dig in those layers and see, oh, well, here's why being confident is important to me. Okay, then we can approach that from a really holistic, reasonable approach instead of, okay, let's add an hour of cardio and restrict our calories to less than 1200. Absolutely. Literally, absolutely. It's, it's such a, and again, it's always a journey. I always tell people you can't just you know, go on this eight week challenge and lose the weight and then say, oh, you're done. No, because when you're done, you're dead and you don't want that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, there's always a process. When you're done, you're dead. You're yeah. dead. You don't want that. So I just, yeah. I always try and, and, and share with, with my um, clients in person or with my audience on Instagram um, or through Facebook or, you know, anyone that looks, that looks up to me or asks me for advice. I always just try and push that it's always a process. Life is always going to have its highs and lows, just like your fitness journey. I mean, you know, here I am six months after a bodybuilding show and I am nobody. I'm, I'm, I literally am not the same person as I was six months ago when I was in that show. And that means I won't be the same person in my fitness journey or in life or in my headspace within the next six months. And that's okay because we're evolving, we're changing, we are, you know, becoming our best self. And that's all that we need to focus on because we can't solve all the, all the world's problems in one day, just like you can't find your goal body in one day. It's just mm -hmm. not possible. So beautifully said. And, you know, speaking of, you were talking about your clients and what you work with them. So I know that you are about to travel to Asia for a year, like, whoa, and you are starting an online workout training program. So teaching girls how to work out and get good results in a healthy way, virtually. Can you kind of tell people where they can find out if they want to train with you and, and kind of what that program looks like? Yes. Um, Absolutely. I'm so excited about this next step in my life. I am, I'm turning my life into a digital nomad life, which if you've heard of that term, it's basically where you can work from anywhere and travel the world. It's been something that I've always wanted to do. And since I've been growing my online following, I thought what better way to 
share my passion and love for fitness and healthy living than to offer programs to clients. So I will be offering um, one-on-one coaching with, with clients for whatever their workout goals may be. I am partnered with Kate here as a registered dietitian to be working with me through my programming, which I'm super excited to have. And I'll be as, as well as my one-on-one coaching, I'll be developing certain guides for growing a big booty, ab workouts, hit workouts, um, anything specific that my clients need, I'll be there for them um, with 24 seven um, communication. And this entire process has been so beautiful for me. And so um, just such a, a, an awesome opportunity for me to have. And I'm really excited to, to move into this next chapter of my life. Um, for those listening who are interested in getting to know me better, I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram. That is Stanley underscore fitness. And as well as if you would like to work with me, you can email me at Stanley fitness co, which is co at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and yes, thanks for, for listening and, and being along with on the ride of our little conversation. I'm so excited. <laughs> like when you say that, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. A digital nomad. So yeah, Savannah is traveling through Southeast Asia for a year because she is really cool and way more awesome than anybody <laughs> I know. And I am so excited to watch your travel journeys and keep up with you while you are on the other side of the world. And then the fact that you are one of those amazing people that is going on a trip and you still want to serve women by teaching them how to work out and doing what you love. That just shows how passionate you are, not only about fitness and working out, but working with women to get them from point A to point B. You know the struggle. You know how hard it is to stick to a workout routine or even where to start. So the fact that you're doing that is so beautiful. I'm not surprised because I know that's the kind of person you are, but I just think it's amazing. I'm so excited to partner with you and work with you guys. No, I'm so excited. And I think, you know, as we get older, you know, for listeners out there, I'm, I'm 24. I just turned 24. And I think every year I'm, I've just become so much closer to my purpose in life. And obviously our purpose changes throughout life. But right now I am so passionate about mentoring young women and maybe that'll change maybe I'll like to focus on you know younger girls or with men or whatever but right now my my heart is just with women similar to my age between say maybe 16 and 30 this age age range and you know where society is with dieting and fitness and all of this instagram science which it's not a lot of science behind it. <laughs> you know, just, science. Right. Just the, the confusion, honestly. And that's where I'm at. That's what I love to do. I'm passionate about learning new things and helping people along their struggles, just as I've been through mine. And yeah, it's just exciting. Oh, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> well, Savannah, I'm so excited for you too. And I want to say thank you so much for being brave and sharing your story with us on the podcast, because it's important to get that message out and it's a hard message to get out to share the struggles you go through and being transparent and not just saying, Hey, yeah, I looked great. I was lean. I was ripped. I did this bodybuilding show, but here's what I went through that nobody saw. So thank you for sharing your message. And I am so excited to keep up with you guys. Again, if you want to follow Savannah, she is on Instagram at Stanley underscore fitness, and you can learn more about her training programs there. And you can email her at stanleyfitnessco at gmail, right? Yes. At gmail.com. Well, Savannah, thank you again for coming on the show. 
Thank you so much for having me, Kate. We need to see each other again soon. Get a lift in. Oh, you guys, every time I talk to Savannah, I just walk away from our conversations feeling so uplifted. That girl's got an energy unlike anybody else. And the fact that you can even just feel it over her audio is amazing. It really speaks to her incredible ability to make people feel awesome. And her message is so powerful. I wish there were a million more Savannahs running around on this earth so that I could feel this positivity all the time. If you guys found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend. If you know somebody that really needs to hear this message that we we talked about today, send it to a friend. Leave us a review if you really, really liked it. You know, the more reviews we get, the more it helps us grow and share the message. Until then, keep it real and keep it healthy. Reach out if you have any questions or requests at all. Adios.